keep moving forward. So it turns out that when people ask for advice or I see people slowing down near the end of a race or, you know, they had their head down and I just tell them, I just look at them and says, just keep moving forward. <laughs> you know, it's not going to get there. The finish line is not going to get there if you stop. So just right. keep moving, you just keep moving forward. And then Welcome back to the Successful Diligence Podcast. I am so grateful that you are back for another episode. Please do take note that all opinions and recommendations and encouragements that are shared on this podcast are my personal opinion or the opinion of the guests that I have on. It is not to be taken as medical or mental health advice. Please do consult your medical professional or your mental health professional with any questions or changes that you would like to make regarding your own personal situation. Welcome back to the Successful Diligence Podcast. I am so grateful you are here for another episode. I never take it for granted that you take the time to listen to the show and not only listen, audience, you are so amazing that you actually interact on social media and you send those emails to SuccessfulDiligence.com slash contact. And the most fun is when you send those voice messages by clicking the link in the show notes. I personally answer each and every email, each and every voice message, and I'm so thankful for you. Now we are in for a treat. I have a very special guest with me today. His name is Anthony L. Copeland Parker, also known as Tony. <laughs> and he was a professional pilot slash manager for 37 years. Now, the last 27 of those 37 were with United Parcel Service, also known as UPS. And his last job had him managing pilots and flying B-757s and 767-type aircrafts all over the world. Now, when he retired, he began writing his blog, runningwithcat.com. Link will be in the show notes. And Anthony and his partner, Catherine, were in their 50s. They found out something tremendously life-changing. Number one, Anthony needed a heart valve replacement, and Catherine had early onset, onset Alzheimer's. Now, both have a history of endurance athlete, being an endurance athlete. So the reaction to this news was not what you would typically think of, at least not for me. Their reaction to this news was to sell their home retire from their jobs and become nomads, running marathons and half marathons all over the world. And since that time, he and Catherine have traveled to 82 different countries and they have run at least a half a marathon in 35 countries on all seven continents. Now, how many people can say that? In addition to all of that, Anthony is also an author and his new book, Running All Over the World, is adapted from a blog that he wrote during his travels, which is a nonfiction account of all five plus years of flying, running, walking, sailing, sightseeing from Atlanta to Antarctica and back again. Now, the book is part travelogue, part medical memoir, and it transports us, the readers and listeners, to exotic places like Madagascar, Bhutan, the Great Wall of China, at the same time offering a day-to-day -day look at what it means to have nothing but what's in your suitcase, as well as chronicling the relationship and the life living as a nomad. Anthony, 
Tony, I am so excited to have you on the show, to introduce you to my audience and to learn more about your life. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And listening to that intro, I want to go out and buy the book myself. <laughs> well, I know I'm going to. And listeners, you can too with the link in the show notes to go and get the book and learn more. But Tony, for my listeners who are just getting to know you, talk to us a little bit about yourself, your transition to this nomadic life, all the things that brought you to where you are today. Well, one of the things about me, I like to do things differently. I'm African-American, and that's very unusual in, to be a uh, commercial pilot. We have actually less than 1% of commercial pilots are African-American. And there's a little bit more females, but uh, the, the numbers are, are relatively low. And then to, I flew all over the world, so a good transition is to run all over the world. Like you said, Catherine and I have... Uh, been endurance athletes for over 20 years. So this looked like a great idea for us to take our passion for running and our love for travel and put them together and uh, to conquer our, the health issues that came up, that cropped up along the way. You know, that's fascinating to me. Number one, I didn't know the statistics. So kudos to you for being one of the 1%. <laughs> right. um, I love that. Trendsetter is what it says to me. Um, about who you are, part of who you are. What's interesting to me and really fascinating is that your response, not a reaction listeners, response, right? Your response to having a heart condition, your uh, beautiful partner, Catherine, having early onsite Alzheimer's, which is not an easy thing to be dealing with. Your response to that was to what to do what some people would think is very stressful, <laughs> to give up everything and start traveling with nothing. And so talk to me about that part of it, the decision to say, we're gonna continue being trendsetters and do what we love, but I know it could not have been just as easy as, hey, house is for sale, buy everything, let's go. Well, it uh, came about a little bit differently than I had expected. I had always planned on retiring uh, around 60. So I put together a plan, savings. I was always a good saver, saved a lot of money and uh, was looking at uh, retiring around 60. Uh, later on, I, I decided to move it up two years. I was gonna retire at 58 because my financial plan was going right along like I wanted. And I said, well, okay, I'll go ahead and check out. A, but unfortunately, or fortunately, I had my last job for the last three years was one that I truly loved at UPS. It was, I was uh, a chief pilot down in uh, Miami. I was responsible for all the pilots that flew into South America and also uh, the folks that came and went out of Philadelphia over to Europe. So I was on the road, I was in South America, I was in Philadelphia, I was over in Europe. Uh, I was living the life. And then what cropped up just about at the same time was my need for a, or for a heart valve replacement. I go see a doctor every six months as a uh, requirement for my flying. And my doctor told me that I had a heart murmur, which basically is regurgitation of the blood that uh, when the valve is not closing all the way. Uh, that was very devastating news to me. Uh, 
my health is very critical to flying airplanes and they have requirements that are very strenuous for pilots. Of course, <laughs> you don't want to pilot up there. Thankfully so. Might, yeah, thankfully so that it has a problem. So when that cropped up, I uh, was able to put together a plan to have the valve replaced. Luckily for me, I went to the Cleveland Clinic and my surgeon happened to be a triathlete himself. So I had done some races in April. I had a race in September. I told him I, you know, I want to be able to do the race in September. So he picked the date in June for me to get the valve replaced and uh, put together a recuperation and also a training plan for me to get back running. And I actually ran a marathon in Berlin, Germany, three months after my open heart surgery. Wow. Well, I got got to stop you here. I got to intervene here for a minute because I'm just astonished by the level of planning in your life to reach the level of successes that, well, what I consider success, I don't know what success is to you, but it sounds like to me that your life was planned out and you were reaching your goals and achieving success pretty much according to schedule. Would that be accurate to say? Oh, absolutely. I was right on schedule and uh, it threw the curveball, And at the same time, we started noticing some problems with Catherine, being a little bit forgetful, uh, things of that nature. And then we had to went in and did a lot of neurological uh, tests. And then we were found out around about the same time that I had my operation that she had early onset Alzheimer's. She was only 53 years old and that was seven years ago. Oh, wow. I mean, so the two of those things happening so close together, how did you all handle that uh, you know, that stress as a couple, like, how did you manage that? Well, one of the things I did and we did is we looked at, let's not focus on what we're trying to tackle. Let's focus on what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And being, we already had some races on the schedule and we said, we'll continue racing. Maybe we'll go ahead and we'll find some place to live. We were in the Louisville, Jeffersonville, Indiana, area. Uh, We put our house on the market. It sold right away. Uh, We had a race to go to. So we took off and we uh, did a race and then we put another one shortly thereafter. And the great thing about it was that for me as a pilot for so many years, I was always going where my boss wanted me to go. You know, you say, okay, you got to take this plane from point A to point B. Your flight leaves at 717 in the morning and you're going to turn around and you're going to come back. Well, now I could leave when I wanted, I could tour the area that I wanted, and I could see the world as I wanted. So I kind of focused in on that part. Also, I was in management. I was a pilot, but also I was in management at UPS. So the management end of it is really what intrigues me. So I just took that and moved it into the planning stages of our trips. So I was always planning where we're going to go, where the flights are going to be, what hotel we're going to stay at, you know, where we're going to find some place to eat. And uh, we just went from trip to trip to trip. And next thing we knew, it was five and a half years. And in actuality, we're still at it. Uh, We're, you know, we're almost up to seven years and we're still been going at it. I love it. I mean, if it's not broken, don't fix it, right? (laughs) That's that's a true statement there. Listeners, I hope you picked up on something that I picked up on. Tony, I think it's incredible that 
from what you've shared, being intentional about what we focus on really creates an environment to create a life that we actually enjoy living. And you're able to do that now and, you know, time freedom to go where you want, see the world as you want. Um, it's just incredible. And it really, from your planning to your focus, to the intentionality of implementing your, your goals is just incredible. Yes. And what you're talking about is the focus part and to not focus in on what the problem is, but focus in on things that can distract you from that problem. And what do you love to do? What is your passion? I tell my kids all the time, find your passion, follow your passion, and it'll always lead you in the right direction. And our passion being running and our love for travel, just put those two things together. Uh, right now, we're, we're on an average of picking up and moving someplace different about every three to four days. And we've been at that wow. pace the whole way. Yeah. Now, yeah. for someone like me, that sounds so exciting. For someone who's like a homebody and likes routine and needs that, that nest, maybe not. Um, but, you know, it works for you. It works for Catherine. But I know that there were some struggles. I know that there were some hard days along the, along the way. Um, you know, one story that you share, I think, in the book, um, but it, it definitely on your website, is about how strong uh, Catherine was in running after she broke her ankle. So talk to me about some of the struggles that you encountered and how you and Catherine got through those. Well, the struggle, the main struggle that we, we deal with on a daily basis is our onset uh, Alzheimer's. Um, I, I refer to it as a sine wave and decline. Uh, basically, some days are better than other days. Uh, our look at life is counterintuitive. Uh, what you'll read about and what you'll find a lot of folks do is that because you're in the, you're in your your the pinnacle of your career, you know you're in your mid fifties, you still have you know 10, 15 years of, of active work to do, and this hits you. So a lot of times, what happens is they they leave the loved one at home and the spouse continues working, and actually. Uh, we have found over time that that is a detriment to the person that's left at home, because what did they do? They basically just kind of moved around from room to room trying to find what they were looking for and forgetting what it was they were looking for and then picking up on something else and getting distracted. So our lifestyle is 24 by 7. You know, she's with me. I'm with her, you know, all the time. And that helps out a whole lot. Uh, from, and then also, uh, doing my research, I found that exercise is a big, big uh, proponent and helps folks with Alzheimer's greatly from a different, a uh, couple of different aspects. Uh, they, they look at inflammation on the brain is supposed to help with that. It also looks at uh, the tau protein and uh, bundles that clog up the brain. It's supposed to help uh, clear those out. And then also it wears you out so that you get plenty of sleep at night. And sleep is also very important because that also, during that time period, it clears out the, the tangles and towel that's built up during the day. So in actuality, our lifestyle is beneficial for her. The other things about it is the fact that we get to see new and exciting things just about every day. It's, it's, if it's a botanical gardens, if it's Eiffel Tower, you know, you name it, we're there. And then also it reduces the frustration that she might feel from the day-to-day -day task of uh, dealing with her Alzheimer's. 
and it keeps you know keeps us distracted from uh, what we're trying to deal with and keeps us focused on uh, the beauty that there is out there in the world. And the last thing that I'll mention is that we've done a, a number of tours uh, when we go to these cities and places that we visit. So we'll go someplace, uh, let's say we go over to Europe, we'll go with a tour group. And then there's the socialization aspect, which helps folks with Alzheimer's quite a bit. You know, that's so fascinating. My, my grandmother, she uh, left us at 99 and she had uh, Alzheimer's at the last couple of years that she was with us. Um, but, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned all of the, the brain enhancing things that we can actually do to prevent early Alzheimer's if we're prone to it or genetically predisposed to it, and also to manage it. Um, sleep and restorative sleep is key. And I love how you brought up making new memories and learning new skills. All of that um, is just so endearing because I'm, I'm in my head, I'm picturing, I'm, I'm sort of visual-ish um, because my husband's visual. <laughs> so I'm, I'm learning to, as we become one, I get more visual, but I'm, I'm picturing, you know, you getting to these new places with Catherine and you're experiencing something new together. And with Alzheimer's, sometimes the same things are new every day, right? Because <laughs> right, we don't remember. Right. Um, and so what, what a great bonding life that you guys have created. I wonder though, you know, with different time zones and um, cultures and all of that, how do you manage sort of adapting? Well, in the book, <laughs> I talk about how we've adjusted to that. And that is the fact that when we used to go over to Europe, like a lot of people would do, they would just press on to the final destination. And for us now, what we do is we'll go to either Amsterdam or Paris and we'll uh, take two or three days to adjust to the time zone and not have to get right back on another airplane and then move on uh, to the to final destination. So you kind of take a you know, bite at the elephant one bite at a time as, as opposed to, you know, trying to do the whole thing at, at one, one fell swoop. Uh, it is tough. We have another trip coming up here uh, next month. We're going back to Berlin and uh, it's kind of momentous to both of us because that was the time where I did the marathon three months after my open heart surgery seven years ago. So it's going to be uh, kind of memorable to us, but we're not going to do a marathon this time. We're just going to do a, a fun run on, on a, a breakfast run or something like that. But then we're going to go over to Scotland since we're over there and we're going to do a Loch Ness 10K while we're there. So I love uh, it. Oh, I yeah. love it. You're more active than I am and you're, you're older than I am and <laughs> such an inspiration, right? <laughs> um, well, and listeners, I know you're inspired as well. I, I love the thread in our conversation that you've been mentioning just about the intentionality and achieving that time freedom, which I know for me is part of success in my life is that time freedom to choose what you want to do when you want to do it so that it works for you and that it, it's life enhancing. Um, what encouragement would you give to the listener who's like, that sounds great and so far away from what I feel like I can do? <laughs> How can we um, achieve some of that? Well, you, know, you were talking to me earlier about the demographics of the group that you have. Uh, majority, actually, the majority of folks that read my blog are females. Uh, they kind of connect to the story that we have and the, the bond that Catherine and I have. Uh, and so that's the part that's it's really important to not leave your partner. Uh, one of the things they always say about running is don't leave 
if you're wingman, you hear that in, in, in the movies at all. And that's what we do. We always want to stay together. We want to experience the things together and make sure that we enjoy every aspect of, of life uh, together. So that's, you know, that's what we try to do. I love it. I, I, I can't wait to read the book, honestly, because it, the, the more I'm hearing about it and the more I hear about your story, the layers and the dimensions, there's so much wisdom weaved into it along with the adventure and uh, the learning and all of and all of the things. I would I would just add to that is that planning for your life is very important in mm. terms of there's different phases of life as I look at it. Uh, you know, we work for 30 years or 25 years, 40 years, or whichever you want to look at it. But then there's the retirement phase. And a lot of people kind of look at it, oh, yeah, I'll retire, you know, and I, I don't like my job anymore. Or I'll retire when, you know, I, I find something I want to do or things like that. I think that it's very important for you to pick a time in your life that you want to achieve. Because if you don't plan it, it's not going to happen like you want it's just going to happen to you as opposed to you making it happen. So like I had said earlier, you know, my plan all along was to retire when I was in my late 50s. And so that when this cropped up, I wasn't off game. You know, it was just, oh, OK, we'll have to adjust this a year or so as opposed to, you know, having to throw things, you know, totally up in the air. The other thing about it is, uh, unfortunately, the early onset Alzheimer's do hit females more than they do males, African-Americans more than, than other uh, ethnic groups. So that's something that folks need to be cognizant of. And the things that I mentioned in a book are things that you need to be thinking about uh, moving forward. They talk about brain games and things of that uh, nature, crossword puzzles and all. I, I joke with Catherine all the time because the, what I do with her is I, I keep moving her cheese around. <laughs> You know, I so okay, where are we now? You know, okay, off we go. You know, she she sees me packing up the suitcase and she knows we're going somewhere. And, <laughs> another uh, adventure is that another way? adventure in the thing that I always laugh at as to why we move so many times or so often is because you know, we we hit a town and we hit a city and we, you know, three or four days we've seen all the sites there are, we've seen all the restaurants, we've run the race, and it's time to move on and, and see something else. So uh, I would just say that, you know, folks that are listening out, you know, try, try to plan for that time horizon for you to, uh, and I, I talk about that quite a bit in the book also, because I've run across a lot of people uh, in terms of how they looked at retirement. I've, I've met people in their they're still working and they tell me they love their job and their wife is cutting their eyes because you know they want them to be home and be able to do things <laughs> with them and in, and in reality they just don't want to be home <laughs> right it's their escape it's their, <laughs> their, escape. their escape right right yeah. right and I tell folks all the time, don't stay a day longer than you have to. I know that, you know, not everybody can can, you know, go when they want, but at the same time, you know, when you have what you plan and what you figure is enough, just go ahead and hang up keys and, and go. Yeah, well, that key of planning again and being intentional is so right. important. And I think another key that we haven't chatted about and, and uh, we don't have to go into is that, you know, prior to the health issues, you guys were running marathons and you were pretty healthy um, foundation wise. And so that's sort right. of a preventative uh, thing that we as, as listeners can also start to implement is that, you know, one step at a time, one bite of the elephant at a time, we could start to get healthier as well to prepare for whatever life may throw at us. 
you know, I wonder with all of the adventure and all of the things you're dealing with, you decided to write a book. <laughs> Talk to me about becoming an author and the, the reason why you wanted to put it to paper and why you wanted to publish this book and share it with the world. Well, I've always wanted to write a book. I never knew exactly what I was going to write about. Um, the blog started off with, uh, it was very fortuitous that um, during my heart valve surgery and just prior to it, I ran across a gentleman by the name of Adam Pick, and he put together this, this blog or journal section of his website where people that were getting ready to go into surgery or people who had just recovered from surgery could write about their experiences. So I started writing about my experiences with uh, my heart and then it just kind of morphed into the blog because now we're traveling, you know, letting my kids know where we are. And also there was something out there that I did not know at the time, but it was in the back of my mind. And I'll just briefly tell you this story. I listen to a lot of books on audiobook. You know, when I'm running, when we're traveling, you know, we're in the car. So we listen to a lot of audiobooks. And I thought to myself, that would be fabulous for us to be driving down the road, listening to a story about something Catherine and I did. The two of us in the car listening to the, that story. And I said, well, let's reverse engineer this. You know, for you to do an audiobook, you actually have to write a book. And you have to publish the book first. So that is the first that's step. <laughs> a, that is the first step. So that's how I ended up getting to where, where we are. Now, the other part was I kept saying, I'm going to write the book. I got all this material. Uh, let's go ahead and put it together. But I was just so darn busy. It was, you know, a trip here, a trip there. And then COVID hit. And we were actually stuck in St. Kitts. People go stuck in St. Kitts. That sounds pretty cool. But it's an island. And when the island had COVID hit them, they just shut the borders. So nobody could come and nobody could go. No airplanes in, no airplanes out. So instead of a two-week stay, we ended up being there a month. And during that period of time, I said, okay, this is a good time for me to take all this information, put it together. And then I was able to go out and hire a gentleman to do the editing. And then when we got back to this, back to the States, I uh, hired a publisher to put it all together. And it took about a year. And then back to, I, I love being uh, one of few, uh, talking about being a black pilot. Uh, marathoners is only about 1% of the folks that are marathoners that are out there running. And then also very few people actually accomplish writing a book. So I figured that that would be a, another feather in my cap of, of being someone that's uh, a little bit unusual and uh, the percentage wise is somewhat limited. So I love it. I love it. One percent in three different three different arenas. And, and there counting. you go. And counting. There you you're go. not done yet. <laughs> no, I'm not. Absolutely not. I love it. I love it. Oh, Tony, your, your story is so inspiring. And I really want to read the book also to get to know Catherine a little bit more and to share in that dynamic between the two of you and to, and listeners, I know your like interest is, is peaked and you're, you're ready to go by. So definitely click the link in the show notes to uh, get to the website and purchase the book. Tony, as we sort of wrap up our conversation though, what are uh, like one or two things that you really want to highlight for the audience or have them walk away from our conversation with? Well, I, I touched on it and I cannot speak more highly of the planning 
uh, phase of getting yourself prepared for the, as I refer to as the best phase of life, which is retirement. I, my parents both retired when they were in their 60s. They both traveled extensively between 60 and 80. Uh, it was something that's in, in my blood. It's in Catherine's blood. Her family uh, traveled a lot when, when she was younger. Uh, so I would say that find your passion, find what you want to do. Because a lot of people say, well, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to sit at home. I, you know, I'm going to play golf. You know, what am I going to do? Well, find your passion and then put a plan together so that it can be your life when you, uh, when you retire. Because uh, a lot of people don't get to see it. You know, they, they keep working until they die. And then also it helps out a whole lot if you're in that planning stage and goal setting stage in case something comes up that kind of takes a, a, a turn to the left or a right that you weren't expecting to have something you know, ready to, to go. And that's what, what we did. I love that. And there's such wisdom in that listeners. If you need to rewind, hit that 15 second rewind button and listen to that again, because there's such gold. And what you said earlier too, about reverse engineering. So finding your passion and what you want the end to be and reverse engineer it to get that plan moving is so practically helpful. Um, Tony, oh, I'm so excited to get this book and read it. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you responded to the curveballs that life threw at you and Catherine in such a way that has been from the outside looking in so rich and fulfilling of a life that just inspires and encourages all to pursue that for ourselves as well. Well, it was great talking to you. I just want to add one more thing. And that is, uh, I'm a, I'm a total type of person. So when I set out to write the book, I made sure that it was one in hard copy, one in soft copy. There's a audio book that I talked about. I was able to hire the gentleman that did it. Uh, he did a, a phenomenal job. As a matter of fact, Catherine and I were just went to get something to eat and we were listening to one chapter and she's over there just smiles, all smiles about it. And then also there's an ebook. You could find it on Amazon, you could find it on Barnes and Noble, you could find it on iTunes. So I made sure that, that you know, all, all are out there. And then if you click on the link for uh, runningwithcat.com, there's also, you can click on and get an autograph copy from us. Oh, I love that. I love that. Now I'm also an author. I've yet to do my audio books. So I am just inspired to get it on all platforms as well, because different people digest information differently. So I love that you made it available to everyone. And I'm just right. so excited for everyone to, to hear it, to read it. Um, oh, I just love it. I love it. Thank you again for coming on the show. I know that, that you uh, had a grandchild recently born and you're traveling and doing all the things. So I'm just so glad we were able to catch you uh, to get this conversation recorded. Yeah, I was three for three in terms of missing grandchildren. I was in place when they were supposed to be born. They didn't come when they were supposed to. I had something else to do. So uh, we're going we're gonna to circle back around <laughs> and see my daughter uh, here tomorrow. And the last thing is uh, a, a short story, which is about gratitude. Um, we, have to, we have to be grateful. Uh, for what we have, as opposed to being worried about what we don't have and, and complaining about, you know, what life has done to you. Because as I tell people all the time, you know, you think you got it bad. You know, there's folks there that's got a lot worse than you. No matter what, what your situation is, there is always someone out there that's got a lot worse than you. So you need to be grateful for what, for what you do have.
Yeah, that goes back to what you were talking about with your intentionality and your focus and being very um, aware of focusing on what you can do, how you can move forward and, and being grateful. I just love that. Um, I love it. I love it. And listeners, as I always say, keep walking, always, always keep walking, never stop walking or running or flying. Keep moving forward because if you continue to move forward, you will reach your destiny. You will reach your destination. And on the journey, I encourage you to always, always choose gratitude. As you know, every single episode, I end with my encouragement for you to choose gratitude on your journey as you keep walking. But have you ever asked yourself, that's great, Michelle, but how do I do that? How do I implement gratitude? How do I choose gratitude? It's not easy living this life. And sometimes I don't feel very grateful. How do I incorporate gratitude into my daily life? Well, I've got you covered. Just for you, I have a Gateway to Gratitude mini course in the Successful Diligence School. There is a link in the show notes as well as a coupon code just for podcast listeners where you get 50% off. So head to the link in the show notes or SuccessfulDiligence.com and click the school tab on the website. It will take you to the school and you can see the Gateway to Gratitude course, which walks you through how to implement gratitude into your daily life. Trust me, gratitude and gratefulness when implemented effectively will change your life.